0: Entrepreneurs that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They are creating businesses that really add value to others, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More Inspiration for the Entrepreneurial Mind with Chris Cooper. If you're looking for ways to develop your entrepreneurial spirit while you contribute to a better world, you'll want to stay tuned for the next hour. Now, here's your host, Chris Cooper.
1: Hello, this is Chris Cooper of bemoreachievemore.com and cc1consulting.com and delighted to be back with you again this week. Uh, we're talking about standards about releasing inner genius to accelerate success with a guest today Derek Mills. And before I start and introduce Derek, um in the intro to the show there it said, you know, about people contributing to a better world and I I want to say a huge well done to Jeff Ram The amazing marketing speaker, a friend of this show who's been on the show a couple of times now, and he hosted and arranged a a most wonderful event in South Shields near Newcastle called Now That's What I Call a Great Event. And I know his family and friends are just so proud of him and so are the bubble Appeal in Newcastle where the substantial money raised has uh, been donated. Also, Michael Jackson flew in from South Africa. That's the other Michael Jackson who was on the show and talked about change uh, two or three weeks ago. And he amazed everyone speaking about it. And we knew he was good because we'd already heard him on this show before. Uh, There was also some other great guests. There was Richard McCann. And Richard has an amazing... Adversity to, su- adversity to success story. Uh, his mother was very sadly the first person to be murdered by a, a serial a murderer called the Yorkshire Ripper and it's just amazing what he has since achieved. And There was also a gentleman called Kevin Gaskell, I've not met him before but he was the former boss of Porsche, BMW and Lamborghini and he's also walked to both the North and South Poles. And um, He was very inspiring. There was a particularly nice car in the car park which I suspect might have been his. Uh, And also there was Kevin Morley, who's the former Rover Group boss, who donated recently £250,000 on a TV programme called The Secret Millionaire to help people people who were worse off than himself. What an evening. Some great news that each of the guests... um, at, the, at the event have said they'd love to be on this show so hopefully we can all learn some wisdom from them also thanks to my wife who let me leave her alone with two children while we are on holiday we we're on holiday in a holiday home on the side of a lonely hill in Cumbria in Northern England for an evening so I could be there Now, another great event I attended this week was the UK's Professional Speaking Association's annual spring convention. It was based around the principle of connections, which I think is such an important one. And where some of the past guests of the show, David Hine and Lee Jackson, were brilliant, as was our relationship marketing hero, Terry Brock, who was live from Florida on Skype. Um, All was hosted exceptionally well by the president, Derek Harden, who did a show with us on negotiation. And and also, again, by Jeff Ram, who just seems to get everywhere. Uh, A big well done. And uh, another great speaker there was Leslie Everett. So she's going to join us and talk about personal branding in August. I just want to say, if you're interested in speaking and live in the UK, you must join this organization. You simply must. It's absolutely brilliant. There's some great people there. And if you do join, um, say hi to me at one of the events. I know there's other big uh, speaking things like the National Speakers Association in America and the Global Speakers Federation. I know they're very good as well. I really feel like I've just been name-dropping here, and that's not my intention. My intention is just to remind us about the wonderful, giving people there are in this world and how if we set our minds to it, we can all make more of ourselves and add even more value. And so often, as with many of the people I've mentioned, out of adversity comes triumph, I'm delighted, therefore, to welcome today's guest, Derek Mills, to talk with me about standards and releasing inner genius to accelerate success. Derek has a great Be More, Achieve More story. He's the son of a Jamaican immigrant. He was born and grew up very happily until when he was 13, his mother unexpectedly died. This plunged him into the world of being a stutterer. After school and various menial jobs, Derek went into financial services. However, throughout his young life, Derek had great financial challenges and debt. His situation became dire when his family home was moments away from being repossessed by the bank. And over the next four years, however, he managed to turn his life and his business around. And people began to ask him, Derek, how have you done it? To the amazement of his colleagues, he increased his sales performance by 10 times, and his clients still loved him. He also, I'm sure, may have amused people because he decided that he wanted to become one of the finest speakers of his generation. As he refined his principles, though, he began to speak publicly and to coach and advise others. However... Derek's dream is becoming reality. He's now an international speaker on his philosophy for success. I asked him recently if he would speak at a small event I was organising. And his PA said, unfortunately, uh, Derek will be in Anaheim talking to 7,000 people that day. So I guess that was a no then. He's also a featured expert in a new personal development movie called Keeper of the Keys. It stars Jack Canfield, who was the co-author of all those Chicken Soup for the Soul books. John Gray, I don't know if you've read, or uh, the Man of, Men are from Mars, Women are from Venus. Um, Marcy Shimoff, who I don't know actually. Uh, and also Max Bolker, who will join us in the show in May. Derek's first book, *The Ten Second Philosophy*, is now written, and it's due to be published in September by Hay House. So, a huge welcome to Derek Mills.
2: Good afternoon, Chris.
1: How are you? How are you today?
2: I'm very good indeed. Thank you very much. And how's your good self?
1: Fantastic. No, really, really good. Thank you. And uh, good to have you on the show today. And I wondered, really, Derek, in this introduction to yourself, I mentioned that you, you know, had this very difficult period with your mum passing away and you became a stutterer and and then you you know you had a very tough time and I just wondered you know what were the key kind of learning points for you and how do you think your story might help other people in that situation
2: actually Chris I found that for a very long time in my life I was really unhappy and uh, you mentioned in the introduction there about my mother uh, dying when I was 13, and I'm one of, you know, seven children. The interesting thing was that uh, up until that point, I was very happy and, uh, and not a stutterer. After my mother's death, and I was uh, in a really in situation where I was not really happy, I was not communicating very well, I had very low self-esteem and lacked confidence. And guess what? When I was 21, I joined the financial services organizations, uh, which meant I had to do sales effectively and advice for a living. But by the age of 25, I realized that I had to get a solution to my stuttering problem. It was holding me back. After which I simply uh, remained unhappy in how I was actually being in the world. What I mean by that is that I still realized I wasn't really being my true self. I hadn't found my true self. And, and I realized even at 25 and 30 and 35, and even at 38, I still hadn't found who I really was in life. And that's why I wasn't really happy. I simply came to realization, Chris, that, that most people are in that place where I believe you can't be really happy as not you. And that's why most people, no matter what they succeed in, are still not happy, because you can't be happy as not you. So it came down to how do I find my true self, who I really am, and about finding out how to be that person
1: in the world. So, so what was the catalyst for this realisation about <laughs> finding the true you? What was the catalyst? Something must have happened? or to- yeah.
2: Actually, it did, because there was actually a very strange, innocuous uh, occurrence uh, going back to the end of uh, November 2003, and it started just with a question. And sometimes, you know, in life, just a question or a thought or an idea can change everything and either turn you on or completely turn you around. I was in the office one night and I'd been uh, working for the last 18 years up to that point in the industry, working six days a week and um, leaving the house at seven in the morning, getting to the office for eight and still being there at 9.30, approaching 10 at night, seeing clients late and getting home. And in that period of time, I was at my lowest because although I was working six days a week and all those hours, I wasn't making much money. I was literally just paying the bills, and that was it. And I was very low. I wasn't depressed, but I was clinically unhappy. And it was then that I sat in the office one night, and there was a knock at the door, nine thirty in the evening. And the security guard came in, and he said to me, "Derek, can I lock up now?" I simply said to him, "Well, just give me ten more minutes." And he walked away. And two minutes later, no, ten minutes later, he came back, and said, "Give me two more minutes, please." And he said, "Derek." what time did you get in this morning? And I said, well, eight o'clock. And as he walked away, my words literally hung in the air. I've been up since six on the road at seven, hadn't seen my children that morning, or my wife that morning, getting out of bed. I hadn't seen them the previous night either. In fact, since the weekend, hadn't really seen them. When I was at home, I wanted to be in the office to earn some more money, to earn some income. When I was in the office, I always wanted to be at home with my wife and my children, and I was trapped and depressed. Now here's the thing. As I stood there in the office in that moment, it was as if the whole world stopped and his single question made me realise that I was in such an unhappy place and state and I said to myself as I slammed the drawer of the, of the file I was standing by, I said I had enough, I've just had enough of living this way and in that moment everything changed. I made a decision in that moment, if I was going to live one more day on the planet I'd have to do it as me because my challenge really was I was living a life based on what the industry the company, my clients, the world, society, media, and the rest had made of me. And I wasn't in the world, and that's why I was unhappy. You can't be happy as not you. I made a decision that I would find who I I really was as a person and committed to being that person every single day. And from that moment, everything changed.
1: So I I think what I'm also taking from that, maybe it's something that people who are listening can think about is – Are you truly being yourself, or are you trying to be something that you think other people might want you to be? Um,
2: It's well put, because it it is true that most of us are, we are made by the world, and the world collaborates to create us into this certain thing through school and through our parents and our friends and society. But at some point, most of us get to that place in life when we say to ourselves, if we're lucky." Is this really me? Am I being true to myself? Is this really me? And then it's whether we have the guts or the courage from that point. If the answer is, I, that I'm not truly myself, I'm not being true to myself, whether you have the courage to change and become our true selves and discover who we are and get that person into the world instead.
1: Absolutely. I very much relate to that situation uh, myself when it happened to me about three, six years ago, I think, for the, the last time um, mm-hmm. in, the most recent time in my life, and I, I changed a lot of things to to become myself again. Um, so really important. So maybe for people listening who might be feeling at that, that kind of low ebb, is actually a, is a question now: Is are you truly being yourself? And maybe listen to this now and, and listen to what Derek has got to say about how he maybe discovered that and um, and has turned things around. So Derek, we've got about three minutes left to go until a commercial okay. break, but I, I kind of wondered what did you start to do differently to your colleagues that really started to you know, accelerate your results? And, uh, and I suppose it's also the question is about how did you discover your true self?
2: Well, that's a great question, uh, Chris, because in that moment in the office, I had what I call now a 10-second revelation. As I stood in the office for about 10 seconds, it was as if I literally went inside myself and what was inside of me started speaking to me and telling me who I really was and why I wasn't happy. And what came from inside of me was to be happy it had to be me. In those few seconds, literally about 10 seconds, this came out. And the first thing that came out was I had to stop setting goals and to start setting standards for how it's going to be every single day of my life. You see, until that point, I've been in the industry for 18 years and setting goals every year, every quarter, for every almost every week in some cases, for 18 years, but there I was in the office, a failure on every single level that counted to me. And what came out strong was, Here you are, so stop setting goals but are taking you outside of yourself and taking you into your future, and start setting standards of how you're going to be every single day. But be true to yourself, do it today, don't hold on to it for your future. Because goals are future-based. We know that. Next week, next month, next year, decade away. It's all based in the future. And what I've been doing for 18 years is saying, one day, when I achieve this, when I've got that, then I'll be happy. And most people attach some of their happiness or all of their happiness to achieving some future goal. And the problem there is that the goal and their happiness remains out there in the future. What came out for myself was to start setting standards and be that person every single day and live by standards each and every day. Because standards are a now experience. It's you in the world today.
1: And actually, the only the only point in time that we can make a, a difference to right now is now, isn't it? So Indeed. That makes have- an awful lot of sense. Yeah so great we're going to go across to a commercial break now so when we come back let's start to really understand what we mean by standards indeed
0: when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network If you lead a team of any kind, you need to listen to this show. Tune in to Leading with Emotional Intelligence, hosted by Esther Orioli. Esther provides you with the tools and techniques you need to harness the power of EQ to stop setting goals and start changing behaviors in your organization. Get the latest concepts in EQ from a top-of-the-house perspective and have your questions answered on air. Leading with Emotional Intelligence is broadcast live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at BeMoreAchieveMore.com. That's info at BeMoreAchieveMore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is
1: Chris Cooper, and if you have any questions for any of our guests, do uh, drop me an email to info at BeMoreAchieveMore.com, or I'll put it on my Facebook pages, uh, at um, Facebook's slash Be More Achieve More and we'll do our very best to answer those questions. I'm just really chatting with Derek in the break and I think I just want to make sure that really from Derek's experience that we've just captured. Uh, Derek, what were the key learnings for you during that, that experience, that moment where things changed for you?
2: The key learnings, Chris, were that you know, change can happen in an instance. It can take just seconds to find out who you really are. And tap into your true inner genius. It doesn't take a three-week course or as I had, you know, 18 years of pain. You can tap into yourself instantly in a moment. And once you release your inner genius, the, the message becomes what comes from that place and to follow that guidance, follow that instruction. And this isn't something that's just come from me. In the last few years, we've had Stephen Jobs give that, you know, now immortal damn for the dress, in which he gave his true life story and his journey by telling three stories. then he gave us a message. And when I listened to that Stanford address, I realized that he said virtually anything, one of the most successful men that's ever lived. And what did he say? He said, listen to yourself. It's all about your heart and your intuition. Follow that. It's never let me down. Somewhere there's a message.
1: Interestingly, sometimes we just don't seem to, I mean, my, my take on it is that we don't always know you know, the cogs and things in the distance, you know, things that are maybe working and and trying to help us because sometimes that intuition might point us towards something that maybe we don't actually want to do or we feel uncomfortable doing or something that might seem too big a step. However, I do kinda I do kind of believe and something I'm starting to talk about is that sometimes you know ideas and this inspiration are almost looking for you as much as you're looking for it. If that makes
2: sense. Yeah, because I think inside all of us, there is a certain knowing about who we really are. And that knowing is trying to come out into the world. And oftentimes we end up uh, reducing that or covering that with other things which are put on us by the world. Instead of just getting out what's inside of us and getting that into the world. That's where your genius is. Because all that's happened to me as a result of that revelation in in that 10 seconds in my office, all came from that place. Not from outside of me, but from inside of me. And that's where standards came from in terms of how to structure, develop, and maintain standards for success, and it works. Uh,
1: and I think I think I mean some of the names that I mentioned earlier on in the introduction to this show. I mean, and and I guess it, it, my own story as well. I can mem- like you, I can remember being low with on self esteem. I can remember not feeling that I was uh, you know a great person an interesting person. I was worrying that whether people liked me there' um, mm-hmm. you know, some t- events in my life which made me realize that actually I could maybe achieve more with myself um, but the reality is that when people do discover that true self and start to take action towards it it's incredible what we can achieve isn't
2: it, it indeed it is and um, if you can 't be happy as someone else i.e not as you then what's the point of living as somebody else i mean who wants to get to 97 and say to themselves i didn't really do it as me we may as well do it as ourselves and the thing about discovering your true self in my case things will come out that will support and guide you so what came out for me was standards and a standard actually is if i were to redefine that a level a basis a quality a rule or criteria that you set for yourself from the inside about how you're going to be in the day, just for that day, one day at a time. And then the commitment becomes one of sticking to those daily standards every single day, but just one day at a time. And because those standards come from inside of you, they're true for you. And if you stick at those standards, you'll find that more of your inner genius will come out. And if your gen- inner genius is working in the world, you'll be more successful and you'll be happier
1: in that world. And just so I'm, so I'm clear, and maybe the listeners are clear, would, would those standards be consistent day in, day out, i.e. you decide what those standards are and you keep applying them? Or yes. when, you, when you assess each day, do they change?
2: Your standards can change. Most importantly, the standards are ones where, you, where, when you look at standards, the idea is to go inside of you and decide what is right for you, And if, and as over time as I have changed, you will change, everyone changes, your standards will develop and change with you and you have higher and higher standards. And as those standards change, the key is to stick to your standards and operate from that place, operate from your truth because it comes from inside of you, not from outside of you. So for all of us, it's really around once we know and feel we, we can set a higher standard for ourselves from the inside rather than external, is to do that thing and live from that place. And when you set high standards, it changes you from the inside. And when you change, everything will change for you.
1: Okay. Uh, just an interesting point, and we'll come back because you've got some strong views, I know, on goal setting. But I know yeah. you've mentioned to me, when we, you, you were talking about things like standards, but actually when it comes to big and successful major corporations, some of them invest millions in their, their business in terms of setting standards, don't they? and communicating them in mission statements and things like that.
2: Yes, they do indeed. And there's a lesson there for all of us, for big, medium-sized um, small businesses. Because over the last few years, what I've, what I've noticed is more of the really large world institutions and companies are turning more towards standards and letting go of the 80s and the 90s and the noughties way. So we have firms like um, Porsche, for example, who now have a strapline maintaining standards. AXA Healthcare, redefining standards. Chrysler keeping and raising the standard they use. And you all know of Marriott, uh, Marriott Hotel Group has a whole daily process where they have this document which each employee has to carry called Spirit to Serve. And in the Spirit to Serve document, which can be tested by any senior management upon any employee or member of the team, they're given a basis for that day and they're given a criteria or a basis to stick to just for that day and they can be tested upon it. And it's actually called the standards of procedure, standards, yet again. Um, what we have to consider is, what are these large companies turning on to? They've spent millions of pounds, probably tens or hundreds of millions of pounds, finding out what's really working in the world today and where, the, where their customer base and their client base really is. We don't need to spend hundreds of, million pounds of millions of pounds to do our own research. We can just emulate or model what, what they're doing and what they're now saying. I've been talking about standards uh, for over eight years. which is really interesting how in the last couple of years, Large institutions are doing the same thing and saying it's about standards and about sticking to standards and begin to promote that. So what can the small business do? What we can do is we can take our uh, our ideas and the thoughts and those concepts from the big institutions, from the large companies, and attach those to our own business and say, well, where can we set standards? Where can we redefine our standards? Where can we raise our standards? Could we have standards of procedure or customer interaction or standards of documentation or communication? Yeah, I think we, Chris, because you and I both know and spoke in the past of organizations that change their logo, change their font and their color and, and all, all of that. But nothing changed the inside of the business. Our customers and clients are far cleverer than they used to, but they are uh, more, much more discerning. So you can't just change the outside if nothing on the inside has changed. So standards about how the company, how the business runs on a daily basis from the inside out. And that's what will really impact um, your customers and, and your clients. And of course, I think we once mentioned uh, Virgin. Those who are familiar with Virgin uh, trains or planes, we seem to feel better around the Virgin experience because we, have, we know in ourselves that they have very high standards of service and customer care. So the payoff actually affects the bottom line when you have high standards of interaction with your employees. High standards of interactions with your customers and high standards of service and products. There is a payoff and it's the absence of those standards in your business and of course in our personal lives because all companies are made up of people. The absence of these standards in the small detail and the large structures and the organisation and interaction that affect the bottom line. And if we can listen to Virgin and to AXA and Porsche and Chrysler and Marriott, we can change our own businesses. And have our customers beat a path to our door because they know they're getting genuine, authentic standards as a customer or client when interacting with us.
1: Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think it's very, very interesting that one of those companies was it was it Marriott? Who, was it Spirit to serve? Was it? Yes. That's their data. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, they you know the word Spirit is in there because it's yes. almost feeling to me like you know there is a bit of spiritualism in this with this. With this, uh, you know, going into your intuition. However, when you talk, and I and I talk with l- leaders of big businesses, and it's amazing how many of those really do go on intuition, and uh, you know, <clears throat> and and a lot of things like their standards come out of that intuitive kind of thinking, which you've described.
2: Indeed, it's, it's a great point because when we get to a certain place in, in our life or in our businesses, we of course begin to question. What is this all about? What is this business about for me, the individual? What's my life about? And also, what does it mean if I'm going to be in business, which means in communication and in transaction with others? What does it mean for them? So we, we know that we are in community. We know that we are in connection with other people. We were born that way. And I believe that we, when we go, we remain the same way, but just in a different form. So that communication was on this mortal plane remains one of in communication with others, how we interact with them. So if we can be true to ourselves and have a true interaction, an authentic interaction with other people, of course, they will, if you're looking at your bottom line, they'll want to interact into business with you or buy your products. Because that's where you, if you do believe there's a such thing as competition, if the competition isn't doing this, customers will sense that eventually. And they won't go to those places for businesses and service. They'll come to you. So, there is that spirit to serve that Mary picked up on you know, decades ago. This is really about people. Every business is about people. When we forget that, we lose our way.
1: And that's really, a, I guess, a nub of you know, how you manage to transform your sales performance, isn't it? And, it is not it you And know, through that interaction with people and setting standards in certain areas, is that correct?
2: It is. Uh, what came out from that, that night was about setting standards instead of goals. And I then set standards in the whole of my life, both business and personal. And as you said in the introduction, as a result of that, the whole of my life was revolutionized. And that's why people began to ask, how did you do that? It wasn't what I did from outside of me, it was what I did from inside of me. And setting standards was a key process, which I'll share with you.
1: And, and do you write those standards down? Or oh, yes. Some, yep. Uh, it, uh, written these standards are
2: down, they, they come from outside of you. And then, you, uh, in my view is that you write down your standards, don't just carry them around in your head or, or your heart. You know, have them down there because you can review them and you can see how you are. And as with all standards, it's about sticking to those standards daily. So they are in and outside of you and you can access them and look at them daily and make sure you're sticking to your standards, the levels, the rules, the criteria, the basis, and make sure that they're not breached. Standards are relatively easy to, to create because they come from that side of you. They're also really, really simple to stick to, because you only stick to standards one day at a time. You know, a goal is about the future. Standards you only do today, just for today, one day at a time. Then tomorrow, you have another today. So you only do the same thing just for that day,
1: one day at a time. And do you set, do you, do you set goals as well? Or don't you set don't, goals at all?
2: Uh, goals, is, <laughs> goals, Chris, is what brought me the... Uh, the near depression and the state of brokenness. <laughs> 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 so, uh, I do now is I realize, you know, why would I set goals? Because if I'm going to be the best me in the world today by setting stance on the inside of me, have my true self in the world with my inner genius working with my clients and in my personal life and my health, how would another goal help? If I'm the best of me in the world, my true self operating my best standards, how would a goal help that? How would it make it a difference? If I'm already the best of me, how can I be any better? So, yeah. uh, one by the day. You know, 2,000 years ago, uh, a certain Nazarene walked amongst us and he said, Give us this day. He didn't say, Give it this month or this quarter or this fiscal year or this decade. He simply said, Give us this day. I know there's a key message there that will resonate long after you and I have gone to live by the day. And standard says, How are you going to be today? How are you going to interact today? How are you going to be true to yourself today? How you will be your customers, your clients, your family, your husband, your wife, your friends. Today, it's about the now. And then when we, if we're blessed with another day, then we say the same thing. What are my standards and how do I be true to myself just for today? And if you have the best of you in the world today, Chris, why worry about the future? Because it will be the best it's going to be anyway, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. So when, when you set this uh, vision or standard of being one of the finest speakers of your generation, was that, is that something that you would say, actually, when you're out there speaking, because I, I believe very much in kind of acting as if, so you, yes. would, you would act as if you are one of the finest speakers of your generation, or is that an aspirational goal? That you... Actually,
2: no, okay, let's, let's look back at that, because that was something that uh, I, I said to myself when I was 25. You, when I was 25 years old, and I'm still a stutterer, I was asked to introduce someone, because no one else was there to do the job. And I spent about a minute trying to introduce this speaker to a small audience. And as a result of that attempted introduction, in which I stuttered, and I spluttered, and I sweated, I did an awful job and just about managed to get the speakers' name out. A couple months later, someone was in the audience sent me a letter. And she wrote, me, wrote to me and said how wonderful she was and the qualifications that she had. And she didn't get the job with our organisation. And she said at the end of the letter, and Mr Mills... I didn't get the job with the organisation and I can't believe how I didn't get the job when someone like you is working there, someone that can't even speak properly and who babbled incoherently can be working there and I can't. Now, I guess she had a reason for sending that letter, but to me what I took from that was that actually she was right because I couldn't speak properly. And I made a decision on that day that I would learn to speak properly again for the second time. So this was 20 years ago, 21 years ago. I would learn to speak properly again for the second time. But in that moment, what came out of me, and I didn't call it a the standard then, I just had a feeling that what came out of me was, okay, everyone can speak. It's just you, don't can't speak. So yes, learn to speak, but make a difference in other people's lives always came out. And to do that, what came out next was surprising to me then. I had no idea I was going to do it or achieve it. I would wake up and find myself one of the finest speakers of my generation and it took 21 years before I even became
1: a professional speaker Fantastic, well that's really really inspiring we've got to go to commercial break again now and after the commercial break we'll come back and we'll hear more from Derek and we'll start to look at maybe some of the different uh, categories of standards that we can set in our our businesses over to Voice America
0: the boardroom to you voice america business network
1: how do you feel about the future tune in each week for visionary leader extraordinary life with host kate ebner you can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future everyone deserves to create their own vision and kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life, every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m.
0: Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at BeMoreAchieveMore.com. That's info at BeMoreAchieveMore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is
1: Chris Cooper with Derek Mills. We're talking about standards. We're talking about releasing in a genius to accelerate success. Uh, If you've got any questions, drop them to info at bemoreachievemore.com. And I um, just wanted to ask you, Derek, um, what were some of the personal standards that you set? Um, and, And also maybe business standards, just so we can understand maybe what some of those standards might be.
2: Okay. When I had that moment in the office with the uh, security guard, um, and those few seconds which I went introspectively, the stanza that came out for me was, was actually this first was a realisation about the unhappiness. Because at that point I'd been in, you know, 18 years with, you know, with, with having four children and when they were very young not being there. And I, so I remembered around that time that it was Zeke Ziegler that said that children spell love, T-I-M-E. And around that time, it was a realisation, if I wasn't set standards myself, it had to be around family, which is my wife and my children. So the fir- one of the first things that I did was to decide I would no longer work until 10, 11 o'clock at night and drive all over the country. So I had a new standard which I wrote down, which was I only work until school hours. So, for example, instead of missing my children every single day, one standard was every day I take my children to school, each and every day. Three times a week, i pick them up from school as standard. Another standard was that spending forty, fifty thousand 50,000 miles a year driving around the country, seeing clients for small bits of business. I would no longer drive around the country. Having a year earlier crashed and almost killed myself on the motorway, I would no longer do that. All clients from now on, as standard, must come to see me in the office. Wherever they come from, must come to see me in the office, or they're not going to be one of my clients. This was my life, and I was claiming it back. I also made a decision then that all clients I deal with must be millionaires. One of the reasons I was suffering wasn't because I wasn't, wasn't any good intellectually. I had I the exams, the qualifications, the experience, but the self-esteem, the wrong clients, the lack of confidence were, dis, were destroying me. I'm not being true to myself. So in that moment, another standard I set was, all clients come see me in the office and there must be millionaires. And I must get on with them, connect with them, and like the experience. If I'm gonna be in the office, as I change um, my timetable from six days a week to three and a half days a week, I'm going to be in the office with people. I'm gonna work the same inside of the office as I am outside the office, there is only one me. I let go of wearing different hats and being different people, just be me in all places, be true to myself in all places. And from that moment, I would work with clients I liked and got on with and had, could have a good time with. I set all these standards. So if someone turned up that didn't meet that standard, who we'll asked me to go and see them, regardless of the size of their wealth, regardless of the size of their business, if they didn't hit that standard, I didn't like take that person on or that organization on as a client. I set standards around my health, exercise, time with, my, time with my family and all those issues, but the key things were the moment that I set standards around my business, it was as if magic happened, as if the world suddenly said, oh, okay, this guy is setting himself at a higher standard, so we'll treat him that way, because when you see yourself differently, it's as if the world sees you differently too, and people beat a path to my door, which is why four years later, I work for an organisation. And in that organisation, um, a self-employed organisation, where I was you know, in, at the end of two thousand and three, on the list of new business, I was some one thousandth out of twelve hundred agents. Four years later, after my revelation that night and discovering true self and standards, I moved to twenty eighth out of fourteen hundred people in the organisation in terms of new business production. I increased my business over ten times between two thousand and three to 2007, and of course. People turned up and said, well, how did you improve your business? What did you do? What did you change differently? Are you changing your processes, what you're doing, how you're doing? I said, actually, no. What I did was I stopped. I paused. I went inside. I discovered who I was as a person. And I said, stands for how it's going to be in my day, just for that day. And I've lived at those standards ever since. And when I did that, the right clients just realized that this guy was the right person to deal with. He would treat us properly. And millionaires turned up. And they started doing business and referring their millionaire friends and multi-millionaire friends. And when when you see yourself differently, when you change, the world sees you differently. And when it does, it starts giving you what you want, as long as you add value back to that world, and standards allow you to do that.
1: And was that Derek a, a you know an, an insular sort of slightly insular sort of process in terms of internal reflection, um, mm. and intuition, or did you also con- consider you know the the other 27 people who were who had a high level of sales performance and you out of the 1400 and what they were doing
2: actually no because it wasn't about the figures see I, in all organizations business financial services people look at the numbers um, I believe that my life isn't incidental the business success became because I was honest and true to myself the business success became because I started to be in the world as me rather than something else I didn't set a goal about being 28th out of 1,400 people or to have a new income level. I simply said, each day, be true to myself and stick to my standards. And the results came. Because when you set standards, it's important to detach from the outcome. Just be the person. Just be true to yourself. The outcome is either here nor there. If you're true to yourself, your inner genius will create the best for you. So I I had no idea and didn't didn't really care any more than a goat would care what people uh, above me in that other uh, top 28 would do what they were doing and how they were achieving stuff because that isn't me and that wasn't me. I've come out of the trap of trying to be what the world was was telling me to be or what they were doing and trying to put on somebody else's clothes. You no, know, in the world you know, in, in today's world we have enough problems and so do our children when the world is saying to us be something else be this be this celebrity dress like this walk like this and do this and we have challenges and by the time people get to 25 or 30 they're in these like the psychiatrist's chair, wondering how to get back to who they really are as a person. So Chris, no, I didn't have any attention or care what everyone else around me was doing. What this was about, about me finding myself, being true to myself and having the courage to set and stick to my own personal standards. And that's where the success came from.
1: Very, very, very interesting. And what has come up for me was that we had a guest a few weeks ago, Matt Crabtree. and Matt grew his business by an average of over 40% for eight consecutive years, the last eight consecutive years. Mm. And Matt talks about having kind of three, I can't remember his exact word, but there were three three focus areas or principles. And he had just three areas that he focused on every day and every yes. week. And they, they brainstormed on flip chats. how could they improve what they offered to customers? Um, how could they uh, improve their you know, partnerships? And the third point for him was about balance. And he yes. focused on those three things. And And I guess that's, you know, similar to what you're talking about in terms of raising standards consistently around, um, around some, some key areas. I'm just wondering, maybe you talked about customers in there, and you talked about, you know, if a customer doesn't live up to your standard, I wondered, um, what, what are some of the standards that people could maybe set around customers, for example? Okay, well, firstly, in the business
2: context, I believe that most people open their business door day one and let anybody in. And here's the thing, Why? Why would you open your door for business, or keep it open if it's already open and let anybody in? Why not decide who comes in? Because it's your life and it's their life, so it's a two-way agreement. If I, as, a, as in my old days, my old self, was letting anybody do business with me, that caused me unhappiness and the distress and the lack of financial success. The moment I said, "I, I will decide who comes in this door, who I do business with, who crosses this threshold," so so individual uh, businesses, entrepreneurs. And set a standard for who they want to do business with from a financial, from a personal or any other criteria that they set and stick to stick to those standards. There is a misconception that we have to do business with whoever turns up. Whoever rings the phone has to become a client. Well, no. Where does that take you? Where does that lead you? If you do business with the right people, more of the right people will turn up. As if by magic, if we do business with a lot of the wrong people, although it improves our cash flow, more of the wrong people turn up. So for me, it's actually saying for businesses, is deciding who you are as a business as well as a person and saying, who is my customer base? I have standards for myself, how I'm going to be in the day, but what are the standards of my customers? What is their, it could be their turnover, the quality, their location, their spend, whatever it might be to set something that you decide, not what somebody else decides. And of course, in business, we can have the quality and the standards of all communications, written communication, from the quality of the paper that we use interacting with with people, our logo, our staff, the reception that we have, all these impact and read or read by the customer or the client unconsciously, and they'll pay attention to that. Give you one quick example um, of a a personal thing that can affect your business. I'm speaking with someone a couple of years ago around standards, and he simply turned to me and said, Derek, I've been in business for 25 years, and I've always wondered about my shoelaces. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you know the little thing at the end of your shoelace? I said, yes. He said, well, it's called an aglet. And my, my shoelace is always frayed. And over the last 25 years, I always wondered whether that affected my business. You know, when they looked at me, I knew what I was talking about. I knew I was good conceptually for them. And I didn't get the business many times. And he said, I wonder whether they would look at me and look at my laces and going, oh, this guy sounds good, looks good, but attention to detail, poor. And I said, well, you know what? Maybe they were. But even if they weren't, if you were unconsciously aware of that small slip in standards, it was making a difference to your business. Because everything, even the little things, affect everything else. As my daughter once said to me, little things make up your life, don't they? I said, that's right. So we can set standards around the quality of our paper, to the the, the advertisement, to our interaction. All these things count and will make or break relationships with our customers. We set hands around who they are, who comes over the threshold, and how we interact with them in that period of time. I wanted to mention a couple of other things, though, because it isn't just about business. I think you probably guessed by now that for me, it's not about the money. My life isn't incidental. Uh, A lot of people tend to listen to entrepreneurs and businessmen speak, and a lot of them tend to miss the point, and they think it's all about the money. The money isn't the only count. What, what What matters to me is about being happy, and centred, and success does not come without happiness. There is no such thing. The celebrities have taught us that, the wealthy singers and pop stars who've, you know, slipped out of this world and fallen prematurely into the grave because they weren't happy no matter how much success they got. So it's about being happy. So there are seven key areas that I designed that evening, which I changed the set standards in for myself, and I'll just share those with you. One area of setting standards is your personal health and fitness. Because if your standards around your personal health and fitness are, are not high enough or good enough, you'll go into premature grave too. Because the little things you do by the day with your health compound forward and create your future one way or another. Another area is your environment. It's your internal environment, which you might call attitude. And your external environment, i.e. what are you surrounding yourself to? What are you listening to? What are you reading? Are you listen to the negative news daily? And how does that serve you if you do? That's the E. There's, there's a mnemonic of creator called perfect, and um, the, the personal health and fitness is the P, the environment is the E. The next one is your relationships. Very, very simply put, my father was told as children, drop the bad company, and you must keep the company. But those with whom you're around will affect you whether you like it or not. It's not about whether they're good or bad people, it's about whether they're the right people and going the right direction for you. So the right relationships are key. Then the F in perfect is family, around setting standards for how you're going to be as a mother. A father, a sister, a brother, a cousin. How are you going to be as a person? Setting so standards around that person. You remember, that's where I started. The second E in perfect is your emotions, because we all know by now, don't we, that, uh, that we do our emotions; they don't do us. So, what are your standard emotions that you carry by the day? If you have road rage and get angry at someone who makes silly, well, you do that to yourself. You control your emotions, not the other way around. So, having the standard, what is your standard emotion for the day? How are you going through your day? What's your standard emotion? And if it doesn't serve you, change your standard emotion and practice being that person more real. Great stuff.
1: Let's, let's, let's hear about C and T after okay, the commercial C, break. C, we need to go to commercial C, break now. C, C is around
2: your career. <laughs> You're paid of my career standards. And T is about time, making who you are what you do and what you do who you are. That's why we're here. I believe we're all here because for, for reasons to realise ourselves. So be on this earth and find out who you are and set standards around that. Thank Thank
1: you very much. And let's go to a commercial break. We'll be back again with you very shortly.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at BeMoreAchieveMore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper.
1: Hi, this is Chris Cooper with Derek Mills. We're talking about standards and uh, we're talking about releasing in a genius to accelerate success with, with Derek Mills. Uh, I'm just going to ask you actually a, a question. We had a, a listener came in with a question and I did, don't fully understand it. It's somebody called Steve Jones. Um, thank you, Steve. I don't fully understand the question and, and your email bound back, but I just wonder do you think, um, Derek, that some people have double standards?
2: I think that's a, it's a good question. Interestingly enough, I think there's Different standards in different parts of our lives. Because you can have one standard for who you are as a person, as a father, because that's a different type of relationship. However, in your business, you can have a different set of standards. The key to that, as we mentioned, was to was was to be yourself in both places. So there isn't, I think there isn't such a thing as a standard for everything. In fact, I would say that always have to have we have to have multiple standards. <laughs> Um, not, just, not just two or three or double or whatever, have multiple standards. And the key is not about how many standards we have in different areas, but to set them from inside and stick to them. And of course, as you mentioned earlier, it's to be able to change those standards as we go along, as we grow. I hope that helps.
1: Fabulous. So I, I'm just wondering, I'm, I'm, I'm interested, as you know, one of my personal messages about the importance of, of putting our intentions into action. Um, I I call this uh, the missing link. I guess I could be the missing link guy. or uh, It sounds a bit better than the the follow-through guy, (laughs) Um, certainly in the UK anyway. Um, And um, I'm just interested in in your perspectives on how you think people could maintain the commitment to keep doing this day in, day out, and keep the focus on it.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's as difficult as it may uh, sound because if you set standards... By the day, all you have to do is stick to those standards just for today. I think it takes the pressure off having to stick to your business plan or your three year statements, whatever it might be for three years, quarter by quarter, month by month. that almost puts a lot of pressure on an individual. but if you're just yourself in the day, just for one day, you can do that you know you wake up and stick to your standards and you've only got to do that until you get to bed again and that's think and also um, it's about setting standards that are pertinent to you. Not take them off the shelf that someone may have given you from your company, industry, or from your your circle that you'd be operating. If, you if you set personal standards, then you're more likely to stick to them because they come from you. So they're about personal standards for yourself. And they become, if you're going to be true to yourself, it's easy to be true to yourself just one day at a time. But they must come from you, those standards.
1: Okay, okay. fantastic. I wonder what, um, what you've, you've got a, a book that you've been working on about um, the the 10-second philosophy. Uh, Is there any insights from that? We've got uh, only about another sort of two to three minutes of talk time. Um, But I just wonder if there's any key um, insights from the 10-second philosophy that you want to share before we… Yeah, the
2: key key insight the book is is really around the 10-second philosophy because it took me about 10 seconds to figure out who I was and how to get inside. That's a journey for the rest of my life. It's almost if you know, now we're all told, uh, Chris, over many, many years, you know, you know, stick to your path, stay on your journey and stay true to your path and stay true to your journey. What the 10-second philosophy helps, uh, I believe, uh, helps people to do is to get to your path. one tells us how to get to the path of your true self, of who you really are. The journey is fine, but how do you get to the place where you can begin and stay on the right road? So I wrote the book to share what happened to me in those few moments. So the book, The Ten Second Philosophy, is how to get to your true inner self. And from that inner self, you'll be the best you can be. You know, your inner genius comes out. It also talks about standards and gives people practical ways, not just uh, philosophical or spiritual ways, but also it's a practical philosophy about how to get to, how to find your true self and how to be your true self in that place and, and how to stay there, which is key. Because if we set standards and we don't stick to our standards for any more than a few days, that won't serve us. So the 10 second philosophy shows how to get into your inner genius and to release that and stay in that place and how to be true to yourself. And when you, when you do that, well, it helps you to change. And when you change, everything will change for you.
1: Fantastic. And I wonder, do you have any key messages that you really want to leave people with?
2: Yeah, the key message really does come out, out of the 10 Second Philosophy book, because we're given, our, we're given our lives one day at a time. And we will ask ourselves that question many times in our lives, you know, why am I here? And the why am I here, it, we, I share through the book in a, stru- a structure called Realize Squared. Realize squared is we that we should spend our time realising who we are as people, as individuals, and the whole of our lives, looking inside ourselves and realising who we are. And the second realisation, hence Realize squared, is to make whatever we find out real in the world. Find out who you are, Realize one. Realize squared is making it real. Whatever gifts and talents and abilities are inside of you, discover what they are, and then get them outside of you. Otherwise, why would they be there? So the philosophy helps uh, individuals and people to really to find out who they are and get that out into the world because that will make themselves happier, make themselves more successful, and do great things in the world. And I believe that's what part of what we're here to do do great things Excellent. for each other.
1: Excellent. This is about get, getting getting um, yourself out the way of yourself. Does that makes sense. Well, yes, yes, indeed,
2: and it is finding out who you are. You know, looking inside. You, you know, you can't do that in a weekend, can you? But if you live to be 102, like the Queen Mother you would spend the whole of your life until 102 realizing who you are and then getting it out. And if you do that. Of course, you become happier being you than not being you. And that's the real, that's the real message here. Being your true self helps you to be thank
1: happy. You. Fantastic. Derek, I'd like to say a huge thank you to you. Um, it's been great having you on the show. it um, been absolutely fascinating. Um, and I want to find out more about Derek Mills. Go to www.derekmills.com. So thanks, Derek. It's, it's Derek. Sorry, Chris. It's Derek-Mills.com. <laughs> sorry, Derek-Mills.com. Sorry, that's
2: right. Or um, on Facebook, is Standard Sky, the Standard Sky. Mm-hmm.
1: No problem. And so, Derek-Mills.com. And next week, I'm taking a little break for one week only from the show. I'll actually be do, do in, doing some deep, deep in study for a week on a course. So, I will be repeating the great show that we had with Jim Beach on entrepreneurship. Uh, so, if you've not listened to that show, please do tune in again at the same time. Also, you can access any of the shows by going to uh, my, um, my show site at voiceamerica.com. Um, Please keep any feedback coming through. It's really, really appreciated. The following week, we'll have CEO and author of um, a company. An author is is the CEO of a company called Axiom. It's a global training organization, um, a gentleman called Bob Nichols Jr. He'll be talking with me about how you can increase your sales exponentially by becoming a trusted advisor. And I think we touched on some of that with Derek. I think Derek did some of that. Um, But this whole area of trusted advisor, I think is fascinating. And then a week later, and um, we'll have the only lady to climb Everest from the north and the south faces. the amazing adventurer and speaker Kathy O'Dowd so have a fabulous week or two and I should look forward to speaking to you again shortly
0: we thank you for listening to be more achieve more please join your host Chris Cooper again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific time on the Voice America business channel enjoy your week